0: This is Bill Hancock. You're listening
1: to the Hot Rods by Boy podcast. Recording from our headquarters in Old Town, Orange. Welcome to the Hot Rods by Boy podcast. Right on. All right, we're back. We're, we took a little hiatus uh, last week, a little spring break for for me and the, you know, but we're back here at the headquarters of Hot Rods by Boy with another podcast. What's up, Chris? How we doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. Doing very good. We got uh, Bill Hancock with us. How you doing, Bill?
0: I'm doing great. Great. Hope you guys are. I'd like to have been in on that spring break thing,
1: though. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. would have been a good thing. Well, you're over there. Isn't every day spring break for you now?
0: Well, you know, it kind of is. I'm sitting there looking at the river flowing by, watching the boats on the lake. And uh, yeah, I guess you might say I'm okay. on permanent break.
1: What uh, What city are you in now?
0: I'm actually in Asheville, North Carolina.
1: Beautiful country there. Right. Beautiful country. It
0: absolutely is. We're up in the mountains, we're not on any flatlands. We're on the western side of the state and uh, it's just a beautiful place.
1: That's cool. All right. No, that's uh how's the weather right now?
0: Weather right now is a beautiful seventy degrees, wow. but it is getting ready to do a little shower, but that's how everything stays green.
1: That's kinda that's kinda cool. So you're you're uh you've you've left the wheel game now for how long now how long you been out
0: i've been out for about uh, almost three years um the last stint at colorado custom was uh uh, how would i say this more than i could bear yeah and i i took an early retirement and and i'm happy i did
2: well uh, this
0: wheel business has changed so much in the last 10 years 15 years it's uh you wouldn't even recognize it oh of course you would but i wouldn't
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it it has changed. I mean, I think it's just the sheer volume of it and the sheer amount of players in the game now. Um, you know, every exactly. every segment of the market has, a, you know, has many many uh, custom wheel manufacturers. So exactly. So let us let's, let's rewind. So basically, Bill, let's talk about how you came uh, came to work at Boys Wheels, right? So this is
0: well that's a really interesting question. Um, Dwayne Mayer, as most of you guys know from, uh, the American hot rod show, have been with Boyd's for about five years. And, um, I came in new on the scene from, uh, just, had, just got out of the military, just had a, uh, a young baby boy and, um, wanted to change lines of work. I got out of the army and went into, um, Laying carpet. If anybody's ever done that in their life, they know they don't want to do it very long. So uh, he take, he invited me over to your dad's place. And uh, Steve Stillwell from and Magazine happened to be there. And I pulled up my little mini truck. And we started jacking. And uh, your dad asked me if I could weld. And, of course, being a, a guy right out of the military and ready to go, I said yes. <laughs> the, only, the only welding experience i had was from high school you know the little shop class but um i was eager to learn and uh, at the time um um there was no two piece billet aluminum wheels they were making them three piece
1: it was all three yeah. guys
0: out there right there was guys out there making a cast aluminum center in a steel outer But there was no billet center with an aluminum outer um so, your dad actually was the very first person to produce that. Um, and I was the guy that was fortunate enough to uh, put those together. Um, I got trained by a guy named Bob Bradley, who came in uh, from Western Wheel and he t- uh, taught me what I know about the welding game. Um, it-, it wasn't the most pleasant experience. Who <laughs> was Bob? I can recall. Uh, yeah, I can recall a few wheels flying down from his upstairs office down the stairwell at me. Yeah, uh, when the w- weld didn't look like he wanted it to, but Boyd would always come out and step in and say, "Hey, hey, we're we're fresh here. Let's
1: let's, let's ease up." And, <laughs> yeah, was kind of the you, you is really pretty good timing for you when you when you came in because there was a lot of new things. I mean, this, the wheel business was still relatively new. Because when did you come to? Uh, absolutely. It, when did you come to work? Eighty-eight, eighty-nine.
0: I came in in uh, October of eighty-seven.
1: Eighty-seven. Okay.
0: Right. Right after my son was born, he was about a month old, and um, I was, you know, desperately trying to get into something that was uh, um, full time and had some insurance. And at the time, I didn't get insurance, but it worked out well. It was something I was uh, passionate about, and um, your dad gave me that opportunity.
1: Well, it was. It was pretty cool back then because you, you talked about everything was three piece and then it was making a tra- right, transition, right. you know. And I think American Racing at the time was was the only other company that was doing the two-piece welded, right, because they had their – Well,
0: they were doing a two-piece with a casted, um, with the casted center and steel outer, like I said, and they had like four lines going. Yeah. And then they were in the process of developing an aluminum rim with uh, specialty blanks and uh, who was making some of the centers at the time um so once that rim got developed um then it was wide open from there but we we got the first one out the door and i was really happy about that
1: yeah that was that was interesting back then i mean i was just because i was just getting out of uh, i was just getting i think i was just going into high school at that point when that happened. Uh,
0: yeah, you and, and then Chris was even younger than that. I mean, um, Greg. Greg was even younger than that. So yeah. I got to watch you guys grow up, and that was pretty, pretty uh, fun as well.
1: Yeah, and we, you know, what it's funny, because we, we have a term we throw around, Boyd University, but, you know, you're, you're definitely one of the early members, you know, I mean, especially when it comes to the wheel, the wheel side of things, you know, I mean. Well,
0: you know, Alan Budnick was there, and it, when I got started, he was off, uh, he was about within a few months, he was sent over to England to learn how to run the uh, to do the design work and the run the CAD cam part of it, yeah. Which we were all doing machines, uh, machining on the little John Butera was back there milling all this stuff, and um, then they sent Alan to school. Well, it wasn't long after he got back that he branched off on his own thing, which really irritated you, Dad. Yeah, um, so when you say the Boyd University, I can there are a number of companies out there that got their start because of void. Yep. And that's just, that's just fact. And they can argue it all they want, but I was there. I know what happened. Um, that would include those specialties.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and you what know, you even look at people that came up that are still in the game. I mean, remember, you know, Juan Virreal worked with, with, uh, for Absolutely. you. He worked for you. He came in, lied about his age you know, and, and I mean, not, and couldn't he,
0: speak a lick of English.
1: Nope. But, but not
0: one little bit. And he, he swept the floors. Your dad gave him a shot. He brought him out to me and said, can you teach this guy anything? Uh, you got to one say one thing about one is he was a go getter. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. And he did. Yep. And he was also responsible for bringing in some of his relatives that stayed with the company for many, many years.
1: Still so have one. i like always like one. And yep. Yeah. And he's now he's, he's, He's still over at Wheel Pros running their production over there.
0: And, you know, you one of your other guests, you had Tom McQueenie. Yep. He actually worked with me. We hired him to start putting together three-piece wheels and boxing wheels. Yep. And, uh, so he got to see a lot of the early stuff as well. But I had a really, really uh, nice view of watching this uh, billet wheel game explode. And uh, I enjoyed the ride. I really did.
1: Yeah, it was, and then you you know you kind of moved around in the company too because you went from uh, then you kind of went into sales, right? Well,
0: actually, I went from um, doing the welding and assembly. Um, We finally got some other people in, uh, and I just kind of rose with the company. Then I went into um, packaging, inventory control, and then uh, then moved up into the sales part of it. And working more alongside your dad doing some of the, his um, private stuff that uh, he needed done. And I was usually the one that got called on to go do it. And so I really got to see some of the inside stuff of um, the inner workings of a real company, which aided me later in life. And uh, I mean, your dad was always just right there with his arm around you. Now, you know, that when I say if anybody knew him and knew his laugh, it's it was infectious. Yeah. i miss it
1: to this day. <laughs> yep. No. It was it was it was interesting because it was a lot of that stuff we were just trying to figure out. And I was still pretty young. I mean I started, you know, I think I worked with you one summer in the assembly department. Uh burning my yeah. burning yeah. my burning my I remember
0: my, that so well. <laughs>
1: yeah. Bur- burning my arms on rims, right?
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I remember the day you got up and said, That's it, I'm not doing that. I'm <laughs> <laughs> and I called yeah. your dad and he says, Fire him, fire him. Well, that didn't fly very well with uh, Mrs. Coddington. And uh, the next day I was fired. But uh, <laughs> Boyd fired me three times, as a matter of fact, and I got hired right back. Which, I, th- um,
1: I think I was only girl. fired twice. So oh, yeah, I got fired
0: like, three, times. I, three times. And I'm proud of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> actually proud of it. So I, no, but we, I, I mean, uh, yeah, because you were, so you worked at the, I mean, when did you end up leaving? And so, you know, we went, you started in 87, and then um, you pretty much were, were there until what, about 92, 91? Actually, what?
0: 90, uh or, 93, or later. the end of 93.
1: 93.
0: So I was there a long time. Um, and right at the beginning of 94, I went over and started, uh, actually, the end of 93, 94, I went over and started Colorado Custom. But what I want to say about my time over there at the wheel shop, I didn't know anything about how to set up a hot rod, or a car truck, or a car on wheels and what went into it. And all of it was kind of a learning experience. But the way your dad uh, taught me, um, and you'll be able to recognize this, he'd come out and he'd say, well, tell me what you think fits on that, and we'd put them together, mount a tire, do the whole darn process, put it on, and he'd walk outside and walk around it and just walk away. Well, if he walked away, you pretty much knew you didn't do it right. So he, you'd go in and say, well, what's going on? And he says, well, you, are you proud of that? Well, yeah, I was. And uh, he then he'd tell you what uh, what it's supposed to do, and he'd come out and explain to you why. And uh, trust me, he never did it that way again. You learned on the first go that uh, this better be this way. And he was a perfectionist to heart, but he never did it in a way that you felt like you couldn't please him. He always made
1: you want to please him, and that's why uh, I miss that. Yeah, and and, and spe- I'm going to go speaking specifically about like the test fits and stuff. That was something that also changed the game because the two piece construction, especially with the older rim shells with the material they were made out of, you could heat those things up and cool them down many times without ruining those rims. So it Absolutely. it was within a matter of within a matter of minutes, you could go and and, and change the offset and you know we had a tire machine there so you could mount a tire on it and then so people would bring their cars down and we would measure them up and test fit them and it wasn't it's it wasn't that it was a, it was the pro, we had the process dialed in and it was something that service you could offer you know um
0: exactly and then uh, the one thing about it we had a process which is where you kind of came in you learned one of your first things i don't know if you remember this was um, you learned how to cut a rim out, cut a weld out of a rim and pop it off the shell. Oh, yeah. And we had got so good at that at Boyd's, we could literally cut a weld out and learn how to pop it in such a way that we could reuse the rim. Yep. We turn it over to the polish up, redo it, and reuse the rim. I mean, later in later in uh, life, we learned that that probably wasn't a smart thing because, you know, you're changing the tensile factor of the rim. But um, at the time, we, we were going full bore that way.
1: Yeah, and we st- I we still do that every day here with a lot of wheel repairs. But yeah, the new rim shows a little different. It, they're they're hard to save. I mean, you know, they are. They're, they're,
0: they're a lot thicker in the centers. Yeah, and at before. the sixty
1: sixty one material with the, just they, they, they they lose their temper on on that uh, when you heat them up and cool them down too many times, they turn turn to jelly. Correct. So, but, but it's, a lot of
0: people didn't know that.
1: But the two piece changing the two piece the wheels that really changed just the flexibility of fitment. You know, we were moving it in eighth-inch increments, you know. Um, right. And, just... and
0: and actually, on some occasions, we'd drop it down to a sixteenth. I remember the day, they, um, uh, one of the guys came over, and I believe it was, um, um, oh, hell, I can't remember his name. But he came over and carved in new lines on our uh, rat-a-tat machine, our a liner and made it so it was sixteenth of an inch in between and um, then people started really noticing wow you guys can do that and um, that really changed the thing You know, in the beginning with the three-piece wheels they thought they had the perfect thing because they could change those inner and outer shells and keep that center um, but they were only in half inch increments yeah and so the sometimes had to make it really difficult to get the look you wanted and um, the two-piece was the way to go very quickly
1: and and it took off from there because, then other companies. I mean, pretty much everybody was making a two piece wheel. Like, two two piece now is is really just kind of relegated to just custom stuff, right? I mean, it you know, there's no vo- well, there's it, no volume. It, I mean, before people were we were doing, you know, three hundred of one part number. You know, four hundred
0: exactly. I and, remember All Star Tire what bought three hundred stars. One order, and they were all 15 by 7 and 15 by 10, 15 by 8. Three sizes, and it was an order of 300. Um, I think it was like 75 of them were 10s, and, you know, it was mixed up between the 7s and 8s. And they were all one bolt pattern, five on five. They were all for Chevy trucks. Yep. Um, And then he'd have some all for a Ford setup, and he'd have some for a – we did a a four-and-a-half backspace and a four-inch backspace for some hot rod fitment. That was all one design. Yeah. So we really got good at making bolt runs. And back in the day, I know that we were able to build wheels faster than they're doing it today, which I thought was always amazed by that. You know, my times in Colorado custom, I'd watch these guys struggle to get out, you know, 30 wheels a day. Well, back in Boyd's times, you could do 60 wheels a day and we didn't have any problem doing it.
2: Yeah.
1: But
0: it's because they were all the same backspace, all the same setup.
1: Well, then we had an army of people as well. You know, at one point we did, and yeah. the,
0: everything was right there for us. You know, we had our own polish shop. We had the machines within uh, forty feet. So if you had a problem, you you could take care of it. If you messed up a weld, there was a lathe, an engine lathe right there. You cut it out, fixed it yourself, and then um, we, we didn't count on anybody else um, coming in and doing anything in the wheel company. It was all right there and we had a nice team of getting people to uh have things available to us and not having to worry about running out because we uh, used a nice inventory
1: system. Yeah, how how cool was it uh working alongside and right next to the the hot rod shop during those times? Cuz there was some Man, there was some really crazy. cool there was some cool stuff happening cuz that I mean the wheel thing was taken off and that was kind of that was cool in its own way but it really was a hot rod shop that was driving everything.
0: It was, you know, we actually were kind of a stepchild company, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it was all about the glory of the hot rod shop, and and well deserved. Um, you'd go over there, and then my mouth would just drop because of the things that was happening. I'd never seen a, a wood box, you know, where they take a, a aluminum yep. and form it around this buck to make a, a car. And you're looking at this cart, this drawing on the wall that's life size, and it's then they go in and cut it out a, cut out a, like a plywood uh, version of it. And then pretty soon you've got a wood buck that's got its centers in between it. And then they're carving, you know, laying aluminum over it and to watch those kind of things happen was just an amazing, amazing time. I can remember the first time your dad let me set up a, uh, a, uh, roadster for the uh, AMBR show. It was the purple passion. Um, and man, let me tell you, was I, I was a nervous wreck doing that.
2: <laughs> um,
0: I, I didn't get it right the first time, I'll admit that. And um, um, I did it the second time and he came out and he said, I only say one thing wrong. He goes, but I'm going to let you figure it out. And it was the tip of the Goodyear uh, foot wasn't exactly lined up on the valve stem at the top. And uh, I got it done and he ended up winning that That's year. That's Yeah, You know
1: what? I remember that. That's something I kind of forgot about. Something little oh, yeah, little, little detail of that with the goodyear deal, the goodyear, the tip of the boot one right? thing with
0: it with uh, with Boyd Cos he he was a master of detail. people you know he'd come out and just kind of walk around something and he wouldn't say a lot. and then uh, you know he'd come maybe come out one more time and take another look and 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 sometimes he'd stand back and shake his head and say now something's not right. And he would go he's hard. this is this is perfect. and uh, he'd wait and, you know he'd wait an hour or so and he'd come back and he'd tell you what it was sometimes you know maybe it didn't occur to him at the time but he knew there wasn't something right and he'd come back and tell you i think this is what we need and you'd, you'd make the change and you'd go wow i really see it now but yeah. you couldn't he had the eye of of uh he could see it before it was even happening he already knew what he wanted in his head
1: yeah no definitely well and I'm, the
0: rest of us just got uh the pleasure of trying to pull it out and figure out what he wanted
1: right and then once once he pointed out something like that then you go oh, okay you got it you know yeah, and, and
0: you know, and it was very specific. For example, on a any of the stuff that was going on a car that was going to be in um had a chance to be judged, uh, the valve stem had to be at the top of the spoke, and the foot of the Goodyear tire, which is what we were using at the time, we later changed to PFG, but it had to be that tip of that toe had to be right on the valve stem at the top, and it was it made it also it was. Um, um, Pleasant to the eye. If you looked at it, you go, "Wow! Why doesn't anybody else do that?" Yeah, because it was absolutely perfect the way everything's set up.
1: Now there, you so you, I mean, the time you came in, you you saw things like Cadzilla get done, Shazoom, some of the bigger name cars. Yeah. So
0: exactly. I mean, I was there when they did 15 windshields for Cadzilla. and I'm just sitting there going, "I'm watching." Uh, actually, it was Dwayne Mayer that was doing the cutting in. Yeah, right. That because that's what.
1: Yeah, he he was Dwayne he got hired to do glass. It. I think
0: exact well no he was actually there a little bit before he was actually kind of a gopher for a while just delivering cars and things of that nature for boyd and then he you know he kind of stepped up and stepped up and now he's just, he's a master of his craft but he uh, was doing the windshields. and they started out with four windshields thought they had plenty you know and you're trying to find uh, you know a 48 Cadillac windshield and they're not like they're you know there's a plethora of them yeah but they ended up going through 14 of them to get the right one. And uh, man, I remember the stress of those days. I got, I got an interesting story about cats. You know, though that you may recall or may not. Yeah. Um, they soon after it was done, uh, Billy sent it off to get filmed for a Miller light commercial. And um, it had three piece wheels on it. Let's keep that. Uh, uh, actually, it was actually a two piece, but it was a whole front of the wheel was the center and the rim combined. And the, rim open on from the back side. Yeah. So the shot called for the Cadillac to come up over the crest of a hill on a dirt road and slide sideways and come to a stop in front of, you know, this hot girl holding the Miller light and the door pop open, and, you know, and there's Billy. But the first time they did it, the front wheel snapped.
1: Really? In half,
0: literally under the car. This was on a Friday morning. Boyd gets the call, and, of course, you know, he is not one to get embarrassed. Um, He's not going to take that. So he just grabbed the entire staff. Um, Rod Brogdon, and I think the guy's name was uh, Kenny, who was a machinist. Myself, I had to bring in a polisher. We worked through Friday night. They designed a new two-piece wheel that would look like it, so it would take the stress. We, We made a whole set of them and an extra. And had them on an airplane on Sunday morning flying to, uh, I want to say it was Nebraska, where they were filming this commercial. It was somewhere out of state. And they got them and put them on and went back to shooting on Monday morning. And it survived it. But you're talking about being stressed out, wondering if your weld is going to hold on that wheel when they threw it sideways again. <laughs> and it,
1: it all worked out. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know that story. Yeah, I mean, was, happy ending. Be, uh... I mean, not cool in the beginning, but definitely happy. <laughs> but you well, know what?
0: It was it was a new phase.
1: But yeah, you, know we were you're figuring stuff it. out, and you know what? Uh, we actually, um, and now I mean, we do we do a bunch of wheels built like that where we build the whole front lip in the center. I actually got two sets that we're putting together this week where it's we I call them face mount, but we just take the whole. That's
0: what I call them as
1: well. It, it it's kind of cool. But changed. What's that? Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's kind of cool to build wheels like that because you can get whatever lip configuration you want. Now, it's real tough to get. It's, it's, it gets expensive and tough to do when you have real deep offsets, but, you know.
0: Right. But you can also get that full look like you used to get out of the old hubcaps on the lead sled, So, that, that's the beauty of it all. But that was getting done back in the 80s, people. So, you know, uh, everybody thinks that that's a new thing. No, that was getting done way back when.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean... Uh, I I think there's a just A lot of people Go ahead.
0: A lot of people don't understand that they think all these things that they're doing now or Oh, we we just we developed this, we developed that. Now, a boy tried all those things way back then. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. But we figured out when it didn't work, we figured out a better way to do it, and he was quick to be on it.
1: Yeah, especially oh. and now now big thing for the last few years has been custom finishes and um you know, I, I look at like if some of this uh, ceramic coating we use, you know, that coat makes and some of the clear coats, you know, it's definitely cool. But if that stuff, if clear coats would have been, you know, clear coats were available, but there were powder coat clears and they weren't very good back in the day. But it's a game changer. Yeah, they like to it's turn a, yellow. Yeah, and they peel and it's a game changer now um, for stuff. It and is. It's, it's still got some ways to go, um, but it's still it's still pretty good. And it's just just the amount of color options and power coating options it's it's kind of a, a right it's, it's amazing you know,
0: all that monochromatic look was the developed by boyd back in the 80s he did it on the uh for example purple passionate one the ambr He had the purple anodized yep. center all the all of the um accessories in the car were purple anodized and then machined out um and then there was no chrome on the car at all so it was all polished aluminum, anodized, and then machined back
1: out. Yeah, because I don't think. The, uh, yeah, anodized was, and that was that exactly that that anodized look was very popular, you know. Especially now, you you, you know, an, the anodized look with the machine going machining after it, which is totally cool. Um, that was all right. done. Yeah, that was that was all done way back then. You know. Um, exactly,
0: and you think of the birth of the sport truck market um in the 80s uh, that was all developed by boyd with the monochromatic bumpers and the grills all painted the same and you know nice and smooth down the side no chrome usually he used a brushed aluminum wheel every now and then he'd use a, a polished but um that that all came from uh, mr boyd Cottage himself
1: yeah that sport truck thing because you, you like you said you what would what, what, what truck did you have when you first started working there
0: I had the actually, you know, there's another another good story. Um, the Blazer, I had a little mini truck, an uh, 84 Ford Courier that was, you know, all steel flares and uh, everything was louvered and, you know, that kind of a thing. And I had Traeger SSTs on it and it was on the ground. And, but my next truck after that happened to be an 85 Blazer that your dad gave to me. And that same truck is the same one I gave to my son. And it was on the cover of five magazines. And that was the one. The Scrant was built at uh, CGS for Thomas when he was uh, 12 years old.
1: Wow. I remember that. Yeah. uh,
0: Yeah. That actually came from Boyd. And and that's why I never let it go because um, he had given it to me. Um, And it it was actually – a gift with, uh, what do you call it? He had some strings attached. I put on uncounted, uh, overtime hours. Um, uh, your mother would tell your dad, no more overtime, none of this. And, um, he'd come in and he'd <laughs> find a way to get done what he wanted done. And that's how he did it. He you a little incentive here and there. He was the master of that. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. And th- those are, and it, it, you know, after my dad passed away, those are the stories that, uh, you know, that, that were never told when he was alive. Cause no one had, you know, that no one, uh, what am I trying no to say? Knew him. Well, well, no, I'm just saying like people would come to me and I had more than one person come to me and go, you know what? I, I, I'm going to tell you this now because your dad's gone, but you need to know how generous, your, generous your dad was, you know? Um, oh my goodness. And and just, you know, it's just like these, like this side deal with you, you know, the deal with the blazer or whatever. Hey, Bill, I need you to help me out. And Hey, here you go. Thanks for helping me out for the last couple of months, you know, or whatever it was, or yep, you know what? You hit it
0: right on the head. That's exactly what it was. And you
1: know what? And there was so much of that, that no one will ever know. And you know what? I, I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's a, uh, you
0: know? I, I will tell you another little story on that same line is that he would go and um, come Christmas time, you know, there be we were always on a shoestring budget. A lot of people didn't know that, but we were always on a shoestring budget. Everybody thought that, you know, there was all the money in the world. Well, most of those cars that were selling for, you know, 400 grand, they were costing a whole lot of money to get there. So... Um, he paid all the Swedes a lot of money to get the result that he wanted. But the other way he did it was bonuses. And the bonuses nobody knew about. That all came out of a cash little flush fund your dad would be on a side deal to get. you know, And handing out $100 bills, at, it seemed to me like whenever I needed it the most, there was always a $100 bill coming. And you know, back in the 80s, you get a $100 bill and you were happy. That was, that was a huge oh, amount of money back then.
1: For sure. I mean, so you,
0: you get a hundred dollar bill in your pocket, you're like really, really ecstatic. And your dad let them fly, he, he'd always take care of all the employees.
1: Yeah, and he used to do like little uh, what r- raffles or little bonus contests for yeah. especially when SEMA rolled around because you know, because he couldn't take everybody to SEMA. Um, exactly. So he usually, you know, usually have a little raffle for what a couple guys, put them up in a hotel, Yeah, send I got SEMA. to
0: go to SEMA on my second year. And that was the year, of course, that the SEMA booth
1: didn't show up at SEMA. Oh yeah. So we were
0: all stressed out. The, the guy, and, so uh, the,
1: the story, the story with that one, as I remember it, was a guy who was hired, and he, I think he was paid up front, right, to go.
2: He uh, was to, to he deliver was, the booth, yeah.
1: and I they couldn't track him down. So SEMA starts on a Tuesday, setups usually that weekend before, um, and I think what right. they, they got a call. What was it, Monday night or Tuesday morning? He didn't saying. It, Hey. It was
0: Monday night, they still hadn't found him, and then there was a call that came in and said, I'm sorry, something to that effect, and they couldn't track the guy down, they didn't know where he was. Um, back that, Those were the days, you know, they had the big brick phone, so no one really had a phone. Anyway, the guy, they finally got a got hold of the guy's wife, and the wife told him that he was at state line and didn't have any money for gas to get on in. Yeah. And so he had taken the money your dad had given him for the you know, the whole deal and he blew all the money at State Line. Well here he is with this rig and this big old trailer full of all of our stuff. And uh he wouldn't call anybody until so he had blown all the money and he didn't have any money for gas to get in. So uh Jack Webb actually tracked him down, him and Pete Peterson, uh went out found him and uh took the truck from him and brought the stuff in.
1: Yeah, and then and, it spent uh, all yeah because that was because I remember my my dad's standing in an empty booth on the Tuesday.
0: Well, he was passing out business cards. Yep. And um, he'd, he'd have people for myself. I was there. Uh, you have catalogs. You stand over there, and they, you know, everybody wanted to know what happened. We see, we we basically at the time when we were in the booth didn't know, and then uh, he got special permission. Now this was the key. This how good your dad was with words. And if anybody no, you know, once you miss a uh, move in date, you're pretty much SOL. You can't, they're not going to let you do nothing. Yeah. Well, he got special permission to have them open it up. He paid some of the guards, he paid some of the Teamster guys, and he got that booth moved in that night. And the next morning, we worked all night long. And the next morning, we were out there with a full booth. Now, once that booth was up, the guys said, well, all right, you guys go, go have fun, enjoy the show. I'll take care of this. And and that's what we did. Yeah. And he, 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 he uh, I remember that time because he gave me an envelope with $500 and a hotel, uh, room. And uh, I was pretty darn pleased.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. And, and speaking of SEMA, that's back when you could walk the whole show in maybe, what, an hour? A couple hours? Uh, you know?
0: Yeah. I'd say I'm going to go ahead and go with two hours, but, that's because everybody wanted to stop and talk to you, but it was only the center building and it wasn't even in the top section. It was just down below. Yeah. And uh, actually it wasn't even, it was the North hall. I apologize. The North hall is what it was. And um, there weren't that many vehicles. Uh, There was all the vehicles were inside and out on the mezzanine area. Um, But there was no five halls like there is now and a big parking lot with all the stuff in it. And it just didn't exist.
1: Yeah, when's the last time you've been to SEMA? I go every year. Did you Did Still, you go last uh, year? Last
0: year was my last year. I think it was my thirty first year. Okay. I only missed one year in between there, and um, that was in between a uh, uh, Colorado custom and uh, moving out to do um, another gig with our friends at bomb Speed. But
2: we leave that
0: one alone. The um, um, otherwise 31 years i went to fema and i'm headed back this year
1: yeah hey uh, go ahead go go ahead and tell us yes
0: thomas was um honored and myself was honored with uh he will receive the memorial the mini trucker memorial award and inducted into the mini trucking hall of fame that'll be awarded uh, the day
2: before
0: fema down in uh, i that's
1: awesome yeah i was gonna say something because i I I saw that notice on on uh was that when they announced it on thursday or friday that's that's cool that'll be and that's yeah, going to be on the honor. so that'll be that's usually on the tuesday night right in downtown vegas actually i
0: think it's monday night
1: is it monday night yeah you're right huh the monday i night. think
0: it's the night before you're usually there so i'm not sure why you don't know i've seen you there on i've been times.
1: The, i've been to a couple times i've been to that thing a couple yeah. times i yeah i definitely need to go because um that's it where are they having it again at the they used to be at that Hogs. It's and down Hefers. at the Hogs
0: and Heifers on off of Maine or off of, uh, not off of Maine. It's
1: yeah, Fremont Street. Uh, Fremont, Fremont Street. Yeah, off of Fremont Street. It's
0: right across. And they that whole street down.
1: Yeah, it's it's right across street from uh, the the downtown Grand Hotel right there.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right.
1: No, that'll be cool. That's and, cool. And that's
0: a pretty fun time. It's just uh, it, it, you usually get to see a lot of celebrity builders and. And the like and it's just a good time But the seeing the people being honored That have started this uh, The sport truck and mini truck Craze way back in the day uh, I enjoy that I really do Yeah
1: you were involved I mean As we all were but you you seem to really be Involved in that, that mini truck scene And the lower truck scene Well that's
0: where I started I started 1974 I had my first truck when I was 12 years old Which is the theory behind I gave my kid one Um but I didn't get to drive it for another two years. And back in those days, you got to drive at 14 and a half. So I started out with a custom mini truck. It was, you know, flamed. And now you kind of, everybody knows why I've had, always had a flamed vehicle. Uh, it's out of style, but it's still what I drive. Yeah. Um, then, then uh, I just stayed with it the whole time. So when the sport truck scene came, I'd always pay special attention to the mini truck guys. Cause I didn't think they were kind of getting their due. And, uh, Always try to give them a little extra, um, even while we're still trying to make money at the same time.
1: Yeah, and and you know what, and that's the the nature of the two piece wheel being able to be built for almost any vehicle. I think back then there there wasn't, and even uh, even now to the you know some of the mini trucks there wasn't really anything cool built for those cars uh, aftermarket like in in a in a one piece wheel, you know um that's that's correct and for fit without
0: custom drilling them you couldn't make anything fit
1: yeah so we've always i mean just like you you know when you're at at colorado custom i mean it really took care of the mini truck guys and the the lower truck guys
0: exactly everybody was going after that sport truck market and your dad already owned it i jumped in there and um followed his footsteps and we did very well that's what put colorado custom on the map actually your dad was in kind of a transition stage, in between the um, the Boyd Coddington deal and starting his new phase, and uh, I took advantage of that and jumped in there. And yeah. then you know he came back on full bore and took it right back over. He was never one to to uh, let anybody beat him out very long. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Because you went to you. So you 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 left to do the Colorado Custom thing in what end of '93.
0: Right, the end of '93, um, I moved on to Colorado. Um, I, by the way, I was asked to move on. That was my third firing,
2: so <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I don't even remember what it was at that time. So um, that was the end of that, and I got this gig in Colorado, and I moved out of California and up there and started that, and I stayed there ten years
2: before
0: yeah. I uh, came on back.
1: So, how was that? You know, um, how was that? you know, going from working for Boyd than to go and competing against him?
0: It was a little, um, I had mixed feelings about it. Um, uh, and, I, and I'll tell you why. I, I remember the moment that your dad was coming right back on the scene and I was coming in. We were on the top of the scene at the time. And, that, and that's just the way the wheel game is. You go up and down, up and down. It's like a roller coaster. Yeah. And at the time, your dad was trudging back up. I was at the top. And I remember getting on an airplane. Now, keep in mind, I've flown in airplanes, private planes, uh, around the country to see big customers. Um, that's a whole other story. If you ever been to uh, um, Prineville, Oregon, yes, see flight dropping in there will scare the heck out of you. <laughs>
1: right.
0: But I, I've flown around with him enough where you know he, he kind of did things up the right way. Let me tell you. So when I got on this airplane coming back, I believe it was from uh, Indianapolis, and I got on and not, uh, I think I was up in the comfort class in the front, and I noticed your dad was in the back. And my heart kind of sunk. You know, I did not want to see that. And yeah. he was just smiles. I went back and shook his hand and and um, said, I'm glad to see you back. That was his first gig back with a new wheel company that he had at the time, and um, he was very gracious, very gracious.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, so in
0: answering your question on the mixed feelings, yeah, you know, everybody wants to win, and and yeah, you want to be on top of the great Boyd Coddington, but it did not feel as good as you might think it did. It it, it really didn't.
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know there was a lot. It, there started to be a lot of competition back then because the volume was there. And oh I mean, my. And, and, yeah. and it was, it was pretty competitive. And, and you know what? Um, I, I ran into Glenn from billet specialties. I think it was like a year ago, maybe or so. And you know, one mm-hmm. thing he said, he goes, you know what? I miss your dad. I miss, cause I, I miss the, the competition that he, he posed, you know? Um,
0: well, you and, know, on that line, I'm not lying. I'm going to tell you, did you ever hear the story of how billet specialties came to be?
1: Well, I I've heard my, I've heard different versions of it, but go ahead. what's
0: your version i want to hear
1: that you know um well if you look at their first ad uh, if you look at one of their first ads that you see in the old truck and magazines right or like i recall it yeah almost every one of those designs was just a direct copy of of one of our wheels
0: and 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 there you have it
1: yeah it was it wasn't it wasn't any origin. There was no originality in it at all. It was it direct copies, and I think that really that really uh, upset my dad. At you know,
0: um, well, it says it all. Actually, I mean, it actually says. It oh all. no, for what sure. What had happened was there was a discrepancy on um, a delivery date and some pacing. Um, Glenn was doing all the machine parts. They were building some hot rods back there. Um, it was his own personal thing. Um, And we didn't make a delivery date. And we couldn't make a delivery date because we were in the middle of making some big runs on some other states. And so, as you know, the specialty blank was right there in Terre Haute, Indiana, and at specialties was right up the road. Well, they went around and did an end around and did a little side deal with the guys at specialty and started having them make the blanks and their rims, and they just started machining their own parts. So when you say they were – direct knockoffs well that's because that was by design they were flipping it back at your dad because we didn't do uh, we couldn't achieve what they wanted in the time that they wanted yeah so once the the little war of words was over they they were in the wheel game yeah. and this was right around the time that uh,
2: uh
0: alan budnick had taken off and started his own new deal so we were in a little bit of a state of disarray and once uh, that all settled Boyd really kicked it in the gear with Boyd's wheels, and we stepped it right out in front of everybody. It took a long time for them to
1: catch up to us, yeah. That, but you know, I think that my dad, I mean, that's one thing, I, and I get it. Someone copies a design directly, that that really, I mean, sure. Oh, people go, Oh, you know, imitation is the best form of flattery, yeah, that's nice, but yeah, well, especially, yeah, when, it, it's especially point. Yeah, point. yeah, yeah, but it's especially yeah. someone's over there you know, uh, making a, uh, you know, direct copy. And it's just like, come on, you, that, that's the one thing I, I'm not going to mention any names uh, of a family member that <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, but it, it would just be like, look, in my, the way that I look at it is we're, we're dealing with the same limited amount of space. We're, we're dealing with, it's a five spoke world. It's a kidney bean shaped world. You know, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. mesh wheel world, Right. Everything right. is variations of that. So try your best to come up with something as original as you can, given the parameters you have to work with, you know? But then, you know, I'd have other, uh, you know, family member that would just go and do the same shit that these other companies are doing to us. And I'm like, oh, man, it
0: takes,
1: you know what I'm saying? Like as far as the, the energy involved to, to produce the, the, okay, the cost and the energy to produce a new design. It's like, exactly. I, you know, I get people. I, you got to
0: recoup some of that somewhere. You, and, you know, it takes a while for that wheel, that specific design that you've already invested your time and your money to develop, for it to take off and you get the money back to pay for itself.
1: Well, dude, I, then I, when I,
0: you got someone comes in and knocks it off,
1: yeah, and, 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 and part of the market. And I, I get people. It, it's happened over the years, and and whether it's an end user that says, "Hey, you know what? I really like this such and such design." But I don't like those guys or it's whatever the reason is it. can you copy it and I go, well, I could, but i I'm not going to and I, I'm like what what do you like about that wheel let's let's come up with something new you know let's 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 you, why spend all that energy just to copy to copy something else? I, I don't want yeah, I, I, I to be in that game I don't want to be in that game. You know, you're going to spend the same amount the only of money. The
0: time I did that in all my days was uh, if there was not a size available, the company that was making it oh, was yeah. not willing to make it. So then I would do it. I did it in both the motorcycle and the um, the car thing. If they say they had a um, an eight, the, the wheel only came with an 18 inch and they wanted a 22, and the company did not want to develop a 22, I'd go ahead and make them a 22. Um, that in itself is probably not the best thing to do, but I did do that part of it. But as to straight up knock somebody
2: off? No,
1: nah, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, um, I had
0: some people say that I did that, but I, I disagreed.
1: It's just kind of like, this it's just kind of living your life in the rearview mirror, man. It's just like, no, come on, you know, it, it's, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, the one thing that's the one thing that's a little different now, even though, even though, the the wheel game is crazy now, and it's crazy competitive. I still feel like in the two piece world, there's probably maybe. There's probably only maybe one or two people that I just wouldn't want to deal with, but I could pick up the phone and call any of my quote-unquote competitors, you know, and get as, some get As some,
0: can I today. Yeah. Except for maybe one. I probably, I probably <laughs> wouldn't call Alan Bundick, but other than that, I could call about anybody.
1: Yeah, and, you know, um, I, I help people out. I get calls. Hey, you know, we're we're all using similar material, and, you know, hey, they need help with certain things. I don't have a problem with that, you know? I mean, because a lot of these guys, yeah. like like yourself, uh, you know, um, uh, you look at uh, Chuck over at Raceline, you know, uh, just, yep. just uh, the, the list goes on of people that I can just pick up a phone if, if uh, you know, I just, Well, I mean, you know,
0: what a lot of people don't know is that we all kind of co-mingled some of the stuff. We'd, we'd buy rims together. We'd, we'd produce steering wheels together. We'd uh, produce a cap design, you know. Those are the kind of ways you have to kind of do things these days just to compete with the the Chinese market. Uh, Now that the Chinese market's uh, falling off, it's not as prevalent, but it was there for a little while when we were all getting knocked off by the Chinese brands.
1: Yeah. Well, and I I think in the game that we play, just the made-to-order, it's hard to, you know... It's easy to get the little accessory stuff made in China, right? But there's still... Yeah. You know... It just we're just trying to keep it keep it fresh. That's why it's it's uh, it's 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 tough, but it's also cool too. Because now we're when I say keep it fresh, we're freshening up old stuff. You've seen you followed some of the stuff from doing like some of the twenty four inch Deuce Ninjas and some of the old old stuff from the uh-huh. for the eighties and nineties, and that stuff's coming back. You what, know,
0: well that kind of um, there's a reason for it. And you know all this stuff is kind of tied together. If you would call your back in the uh, Uh, the nineties, your dad came out with a line called gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The gotcha line. Well, the gotcha line was was directed directly at me and Alan Budnick and Bill and specialty. And those were, I mean, specific hits. Like that was his way of saying, come on. let's like, you want some, let's go do this. And, um, it worked in, in somewhat, uh, in some cases and not so well in others.
1: Well, there there was a lot more volume and bigger operations back then, you know. Oh yeah. So it was, I mean, we we were pumping out how many, you know, twenty to one or more, probably more than that, cast wheels to billet, you know, or you know.
0: Actually, it was more like a hundred to one. Yeah, it was uh, once right. They got the cast line going.
1: Yeah, and because it was it was really all volume, so you know, um, there's a lot invested into a mold when you produce a cast part. Right. So for right. so got... a lot
0: of money getting that mold to work. A lot of people think that once you cut a mold it's it's all over, but now getting the air bubbles out and getting everything to work and come out uh, clean and concise on the other end is as you know, you've you've been making a cast center for yeah. many years. Yeah. Um, with your with your friends in the industry. So you know all the ins and outs of that deal.
1: Yeah, I know the cast cast we I mean just Two piece. It, it's it's funny because there's also a lot of w- wheels over the years that you go, you know, I remember, uh, you know, some of the low and heart wheels and racing heart wheels. Those were two piece welded wheels and they, they were made to look like three piece wheels, you know. Right. And right. it's uh, and they were getting a lot of money for those. Those are cast center painted cast center wheels. 18 inch wheels exactly. back in the back in like 2000 2001 those things were like seven eight hundred bucks a piece and that's back when the, the rim shows, right but, but no one
0: knew that they were
1: actual junk y- yeah <laughs> they, well they weren't they weren't because it had a yeah they weren't bad but they were they were definitely not what uh people perceive them to be you know they were exactly. they were selling on the level of close to an hre wheel back then
0: um well but chre was a whole different ballgame they were a precision company just like our 50 billets are today they really made a nice product oh
1: they yeah uh, they, the they lower really did. and
0: all that yeah that was more of a cast center on a, an aluminum outer so i agree with you on that point yes
1: yeah, so are you still i know that you know you're not you're not doing wheels for a living now but you still pay attention to what's going on out there
0: Obviously every day I'm on, I'm on the social media and I'm on, <laughs> right. websites and I'm on the,
2: You're... I'm
0: on the, um, I get when someone, I see a new brand come on, I'm right in there checking it out. Um, I've still got, you know, literally hundreds of friends in the, uh, actual manufacturing industries that, uh, in various things in motorcycles and hot rods. So I, I pay attention. Um, they're always sending me stuff to, uh, get my comment on and, um, That's a lot of times I'll reserve my comment.
1: Yeah. Well, you, um, were you doing, you weren't doing more, you weren't doing the motorcycle thing back, uh, the first time at Colorado custom. That was more. I
0: did. Did We
1: actually did. We actually,
0: it was right after Jesse James left her dad. Um, he came up to us and we had some nice conversations and we did some wheels. Uh, We did some for Arvin Ness, uh, rest his soul. Yep. And, um, we did some for a lot of the other bigger guys in the industry and made them as private labels without a Colorado custom branding behind them. Okay. So uh, the Colorado custom branding came out um, right at the end of my tenure with Colorado around 2002, 2003. And then that soon went away um, when the brand went down after I was gone a couple of years.
1: Yeah. And then you can you were back in California at that point, right?
0: I came back and I, and I, uh, revived the speed thing, um, got that up and going and um, with U.S. Wheel. U.S. Wheel was the people behind it at the time. Uh, Brad was the marketing part of it. I knew we weren't going to talk about that. It <laughs> just popped out, didn't it? And it, make this so you understand what I just said there, um, he was the marketing. We did all the manufacturing and then uh, he took that back after a few years um, and then I was gone again and there it went.
1: And then, then you ended up going back and doing the Colorado custom. Well, again.
0: Colorado custom offered me more money than I'd ever made in the wheel business. And you know, I've done very well in my lifetime. I'm not complaining a bit. Uh, I did very well in my tenure. And actually when it all said and done, I had 29 years in the wheel business. Um, but they paid me, uh, more than I'd ever made. in. um, in the wheel business and um probably didn't use me to the all the advantages that they should have
1: and that's when because uh, that's what year are we talking about now now we're coming back to, uh,
0: like, we're, i started back with color of Custom in 2009,
1: 2009. Uh, i
0: was with bond speed from 2003 to 2009 six years there so i've kind of like a six year stuck wow. thing there
1: wow you were you were at bond speed that long
0: I was, because most of it was at 2004 is when I started um, over there at Bond Speed, and then I was within six months, I moved over to U.S. Wheels, the manufacturer. That's right. And I was there three to four years, and then I come back for about a year to Bond Speed over there the main office in Colorado Custom, and your dad, actually your dad was making wheels with Brad. A little bit, and I actually went back to work for your dad. This was right before he passed away. Yeah, actually, the month that's, before he passed that's,
1: away. That's 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 right. That's right because that's right when he, he bought part of the wheel company back. Um, right,
0: from, he did, and uh, he asked me to come in and do some sales and some uh, marketing, and uh, that lasted a month. He passed away, and um, that was one of the biggest regrets because I didn't get to see that through with him. Yeah, um, he he went very suddenly.
1: Definitely, and then. Then probably then I think it was into two then you went back to the Colorado right because then the brand was was sold over there to right and
0: I stayed there until right. uh, about three years ago
1: yeah so and that's kind of when we reconnected because I was starting my own thing again starting re- reviving right. the Hot Rods by Boyd thing in 2011 and I needed somebody to machine product for me. And you guys handled it right. over there.
0: You started it slow and you've grown. And I'm really proud of how far you've come in that. Uh, and you've done it with um,
1: some brilliant marketing
0: moves. And uh, oh, you up um, utilizing the social media to the utmost. And that's so. Uh,
1: Trying to, to yeah. I'm proud of that. And, yeah, I mean, that was, uh, yeah, because that was 2011. Because I, I remember like in 2012, I was really getting ready to, you know, hit the gas a little bit. But I just needed to, I just you know, we don't need to go into all the situations over there, but it was just quite the, quite the, quite the circus, you know?
0: That's a good word for it. It It was, it was
1: quite the circus. I remember walking, you know, I'd walk in and then you would just shake your head yes or no. And if it was a no, I'd be like, okay, I'll see you guys tomorrow. (laughs) You know? Right. And, And, uh,
0: And that was, you know, I hope you always knew that was to protect you because oh, yeah, there would yeah. be something going on that I didn't need you to be in the middle of and yeah. you would have got the worst end of the stick. And it was
1: just yeah. I, I
0: I've done that my whole career. Just you know, you don't need to hear this though.
1: So. Yeah. No, and, and I, there i be here right there, now. There there were times where I got entertained by what was going on, but then there was times I was like, Okay, thanks for the nod, I'm out, you know? But yeah, it but it was uh and you know what? And, and it's it, stressful at times. Well, and you know what? You know, and it's also frustrating for guys like me and you because here we are in different positions in our life where we had already done all the stuff that certain people we were we were working for or with were were trying to do. You know, right? And, and
0: sometimes they would take your advice. Sometimes they wouldn't. Yeah. And you're like, you're kind of frustrated when they wouldn't because you've already seen it. You're watching them waste money that could be used in other places and uh it becomes quite frustrating and uh and then when you're starting to use some of your own money to finance some things that they should have had their own money to do um, for example for you know giving people your name out there yeah um it can become quite frustrating
1: well and 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 it's a road
0: that uh it's not going to pay off
1: yeah it in, in this this business it's just like any business, when you know when you've been in the industry for a long time and you have a good reputation, it's it's really about your connections, you know. Um, it, and, it
0: absolutely is, and, and, and that's it's, how I've made my entire career. I stayed in the in the, I don't know what you want to call it, the limelight because of the people I knew, and the people I helped, and the people that helped me for year after year after year after year. Even if I got into it with somebody. I'd always come back around or try to come back around and make that right say, Hey, yeah, you know, I was wrong. Um, what can we do to go forward here? Yeah. And, um, well, that's all only way I made it so long.
1: Yeah. And you know what, you and I, we've had some entertaining exchanges over the years, you know, uh, (laughs) you know, we've had, we've had some, some moments where we're yelling at each other or, uh, you know, making fun of each other or, you know, uh, but you know, it, it was, it was, uh, but look, look where we are are now and you Exactly. Know, we're we're I'm
0: happy. I, I wouldn't have changed a thing.
1: Yeah. And and you know what it's it's I, I this podcast has been quite a uh it's it's been entertaining and it's been therapeutic, you know? And it's been it's been kind of a joy just to just to reminisce, you know, and pay
0: I, I, I want to uh, kind of switch gears here for a second, oh, if you don't mind. No, go for and it. And go back to your dad. Yes, was his, his, his way, his generous way. Uh, I, I, in my mind, I'm going back to a time when uh, my my son was about uh, four years old, and uh, it was Christmas time. And anybody knew Boyd had ever been to his office. He always had the most unbelievable toys in his office: pedal cars, pedal tractors. Um, wagons, um, handmade rocking horses, um, he had uh, merry-go-round horse, carousel horses, he had all of this stuff that was just in pristine condition, I mean, you wouldn't want to even bump it, it's yep. so, it was so beautiful, well, my son, came in. it was uh, actually bonus time, he called me in, and I had Thomas, and he walks in there, and of course, Thomas being Thomas, he jumps right on the first pedal car and starts running around. Thomas, Thomas, get off Get out this. And boy, he said, no, no, he's fine, he's fine. And he takes that pedal car and smacks it right into your dad's desk. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and uh, your dad's Oh He's fine, he's fine. So, you know, being a little kid, he just jumps out of that pedal car and right up on this horse your dad had. It was solid wood. Yeah. And... He climbed up on top of this thing with a big old rocking horse. And I, my, I, I was getting ready to come out of my skin. I may even yelled a little bit. And your dad just got up and said, Hey, he can get on and touch anything he wants to in this office. Yeah. I mean- and him and Thomas had a connection. Thomas would see him and just light up. And they, he would run. You guys did the Batmobile. Your dad would put him in the car. Um, I've got pictures of him and all of the AMBR winners after the first couple. Him standing on the seats, you know, sitting up on top of where the, the hood was. And, and your dad put him in all those positions. And uh-huh. it was like a very um, close bond. And they're both gone now. So those are some of my favorite memories. Yeah. Uh, watching him uh, interact with my son.
1: No, that was...
0: Now I'm getting emotional here, so we got to change
1: subject. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, th- those were those were definitely good times. My dad always wanted to make sure that uh, you know, just employees and, and and the families were involved. You know, exactly. And
0: he, he was really good. Everybody that I know of, like I said, I've heard a lot of stories. Even when I was uh, with Colorado and we were really heavy competitors, you know, people come up and say. Now, oh, this happened, and this happened, and I just said, I don't want to hear it, you know. Yeah. Um, there was an instance one time between your dad and Al Manus, one of the oh, yeah. co-owners of Colorado Customs, and um, the, uh, long story short, Al Manus had to get on a plane and to leave town um, because they were getting ready to arrest him for something, and uh, your dad had the police come into the room, and um, he looked at me and he goes, it's not him, I'm not looking for him. And um, they and they just went, on, went out the door. But the next day, I saw several vendors that say, hey, I heard you did this. I heard you did that. I said, no, you heard that. It wasn't me. Yeah. It was Al Manus And uh, I want no part of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember that. And, that wasn't with Columbus, right?
0: Uh, it was. And it was a huge ordeal. And I just simply said, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to. I'm no part of it. I, that didn't happen. Not yeah. the way it happened. Yeah. So... Um, those are the kind of things that I regret. And uh, we had a COO at the time, pretty big guy, and he told, uh, "Man, he really screwed up, and uh, he needed to apologize." And he actually did reach out to your dad and apologize. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, those are the things I remember.
1: <laughs> it, it's uh, there's always some excitement going on, right?
0: There is no doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. Yeah, um, I remember, uh, your dad's first Mercedes that was on the ground that when we went over to all Star tire and had ribbon lower it and paint it and put a uh, skirt kit on it. And the looks you'd get driving the, uh, anything that Boyd had built for himself was just amazing. And yeah. the uh, Boyd Ferrari at yeah. the time, your dad was a larger man, so he didn't really drive the car too much. Um, then he lost all his weight and became this little guy. but uh, he always had the finest finest automobiles you'll have to say that
1: yeah his his daily drivers were always pretty cool you know
0: Um, yeah to say the least To say the
1: least i mean uh i i even think that one of those uh, you know the 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 old mercedes wagons with the the tri fans on there and that's the
0: uh, one i was talking about the black one yeah well everything was black but
1: yeah, that was. Yeah, I
0: remember that all happened in a day. I mean, we had shipped the wheels over with the tire, Ruben put tires on them. The car went over their stock height. It came out of there with the ground effects, lowered to the ground, new wheels and tires, and it was tinted. All that happened in about four hours. Uh, so it was just, wow. That, that's amazing that that happened like that. But he had it all lined out, so that's the way it would be.
1: Well, and you know what? It's, it, it's billet wheels. And then when you know CNC machining came on, it was also too uh, a lot of these vehicles that came out that were either low volume or they weren't going to get any love from any wheel manufacturer that was that was building any wheels in numbers. Those people would, right. would those people would come to us. Whether it's when I say us, I'm going to say the two piece industry because you could make a wheel for anything. And I think back then you, we back then we were putting the same style on a Mercedes as we were the Chevy truck, which that's kind of changed. So now, you know, they're machining, you know. Right. They're, they're, it's, but it's, brought
0: them up into a different caliber. For example, the sport truck, you're on the same one as we did for this Ferrari or this De Tommaso, and you got it on a sport truck, and then you feel like you've brought yourself up into a different class. I mean, how many times did you see a? Um, a, a Testarossa or a or a Pantera or whatever kind of elaborate sports car sitting in Boyd's wheel shop on jack stands while we're doing all the measurements. They come back the next week. They've got a full set of wheels. We're, we're mounting on that car. Yep. And um, that was the days that I I just really missed those days.
1: Yeah, and you know, like in in the last twenty years, I can think of different vehicles that we really jumped on. Like you know, when PT Cruisers came out, no one made a wheel for that. Right. But, oh, yeah, exactly. but, but you know what, like it, it seemed like the, I, I put lump them together with prowler guys. So you got these pseudo hot rod guys that gravitated towards PT cruisers and usually d- driven by, you know, the wife, but they wanted to customize it. So we sold right. a ton of, you know, it, 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 there were people that started making wheels for PT cruisers. Don't get me wrong, but early on, those like the SSR, not too many people were making a, uh, you know, wheels for the SSR. Right. And,
0: and they had a very odd setup on that
1: car. Uh, yeah, it was right? 19s it 19s and 20s, truck, and it was like we'll call it. six on, what was it, six on five bolt pad. It was, it was really unique, And but that was our bread and butter. It was, it was just like another set to us. So
0: Yeah, they had large calipers on it, so you had to do a really positive wheel that had a nice, um, back in the day, we'd ask what a face mount was, because you had to mount that set out on the face of the wheel. But... Those are the kind of things two piece wheel guys did and it was just another day in the in the life. Right. Oh, that's the kind of car you got. Yeah, no problem. But bring it over. we'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, and then I mean and it, there's you know th- there's actually you know I'm I'm happy to see there's a lot of people making two piece welded wheels now. <laughs> that aren't just classified as hot rod or truck wheels. You know, there's a lot of you know, Porsche guys, you know, the tuner guys, you know, there's right. there's a lot of that stuff. And are up. you
0: still are you still doing that the Porsche deal?
1: Yep, still doing uh, you know 356, early 911 stuff. I
0: bet a lot of people didn't know that. I mean, that right there and that those are the kind of things that we still do to this day that people just don't know. Yeah, you know my bread and butter uh, throughout my years was making one off or making brands of wheels that no one knew the company didn't make themselves. Oh yeah. Um, for example, uh, we made. I think at one time, 19 different motorcycle brands um, out of our shop. And you saw our shop at the time. It was a little small place. And um, we did the same in the wheel business. I had four or five different manufacturers I made wheels for, as you probably still do to this day, that nobody even realizes we make them for.
1: Yeah, I do assembly for different people uh, in the industry. Um, you know, And just like I have uh, other companies machine for me. You know? That's correct. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of wheel companies out there now. A lot of wheel
0: companies. Yeah, I lost its focus, in my opinion. There's there's only two companies I would turn anybody to, because to this day, I still get messages. I still get phone calls. I get texts. Hey, Bill, I got this wheel I need you to do. Now, I said, here's a number, and it's usually either your number or Chuck's. Yeah. Uh, Chuck at Racelag.com. I said, These are the two guys I deal with, They're the two guys I trust, and anybody else, you're just throwing your money away. And they'll always come back with, Wow, that's brutal honesty. <laughs> Take it for what it's worth. That is the truth.
1: Yeah. Well, I appreciate I said, it. if you
0: go to the aforementioned company, you're a fool.
1: Yeah. And and,
0: and that's what we usually do.
1: Well, we're, and we're doing a lot of wheel repair, too, because the cool thing is, I mean, a, a, a two piece wheel that was made in the 90s, uh, for the most part, we can. We can refinish them. We can put new rim shells on them. Change offsets. Do all that. So,
0: you know, and a, and a lot of those rims from the '90s. Let's let's talk about that for a second. They were not up to the standard of the rim today. They um, the production levels and the testing levels were not what they are today. Yeah. So I can see you doing a lot of repairs from the older stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of the rim shells. They were made out of 5,000 series aluminum, so it was, it was softer than they are now. So we're seeing a lot less damaged newer wheels um, in the last few years, but we still see. I mean, when we see a damaged wheel, it's really bad, you know, it's comparatively, you know. used to be able to run those, uh, like, you know, 17-inch billet wheels or 18-inch standard billet wheels and see just dents, you know, easy, they dent easily. Now they're you're hitting something really good to damage them.
0: Well, I can recall uh, one of the greatest things I learned being at your dad's shop was back in the day when we first started this, um, you could tell if you heated a rim more than once or twice um, and took it on and off-changing offsets that it was going to be soft. And so if you had something like a Trifan or, and even worse, a Deuce Ninja, um, and they hit a huge pothole, it would just literally collapse but i got really good at using a leather hammer and a two by four to fix the wheel while it was on the tar
1: yeah no and you know yes. i i would i would have a piece of wood and the hammer in the back of my my mitsubishi eclipse because i would yep. bend the crap out of those rims
0: and that's and that's just what you did you just uh, you fix it yourself then keep the air in it and then you can tell when the air stops leaking
1: yeah if if you if you're lucky enough to not damage it enough to where it was holding it yeah <laughs> exactly not, yeah no it's it it's been a it's been definitely a wild ride and that i'm I'm still on you know and it's well
0: I, i'm I'm happy you are still on it and I hope you continue on that road for a lot of years. I've had my fill of it uh, i kind of lost the passion when my um my son passed away and that uh it was kind of downhill from there with me. Personally, I didn't have the um, drive to uh, keep innovating. Yeah. And I was just on a plateau there. So that's what made it easy uh, making the transition Um, (laughs) out here looking at this river flow. You know, people think I got the life. I still work seven days a week as I did when I was uh, in the wilderness. Yeah. You know, everybody thinks you're only there eight to five. That's not the truth. You're taking calls at nine o'clock at night and you're working on the weekends. You're at shows. You're you're talking up your brand, and uh, that's the way I've looked
1: at it. Yeah, the shows were fun. the sh- The shows I, I I got kind of burnt out a little bit, but the shows are are fun, but they're also a lot of work and tiring. I do like getting in front of everybody yeah. and talking to everybody, um, but it's, the, it's a must. It's a must. It's 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 tough these days because people can pick up a phone or fire up their computer any time of the day and order wheels. Or order anything for their right. car. So the days, I mean, going to street rod nationals, you know, and, and writing two hundred thousand dollars in orders over four days—that doesn't happen anymore. Um,
0: but man, those were good times when they did.
1: Oh, they were great. They were. They were. <laughs> they were great. You know, I, I still yeah. like. I, I don't go to nearly as many shows uh, as I used to. I just, uh, for me, I'm I'm here. You know, I run a small business and I'm I'm working all week. And it's, I like to have the weekend time with my family, but I do need to hit. Th- and that's
0: so what must keep the family happy. It really is. And if you don't do it now, you'll miss that time later on in life.
1: Yeah. And I, I, missed. I spent a lot of time on the road, uh, going to shows. And now what I'd like to do is pick a show I haven't gone to, uh, before or one I haven't gone to in a while and just, and go back to it. And that, yeah, that's, are yeah. you, you, are you going to, uh, besides SEMA, are you going to, you going to hit up any shows?
0: Actually, I am. Uh, I always do the Mini Trump Nationals because it's here in uh, North Carolina. I do another show uh, that I'm going to do this year. I'm going to go down to Florida to one of the Severed Ties events down there. Um, And I usually try to get out to um, um, one of the negative camber shows on the West Coast. I like to get out to the
1: West Coast at least once a year. Are you? Yeah,
0: I still get out. Um, Go ahead.
1: Are you a club member of any club?
0: Uh, no, I, I'm what you would call an affiliate. I was affiliated with both Severed and NC. Okay. Um, Courtney, as you know, was my, uh, he was the godfather of all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And he uh, was my roommate for a number of years and he passed away as well. Uh, he's the one that got my uh, son Thomas into Severed Ties. Um, I do have a logo on my leg, but no, I'm not an official member of any one club. That would kind of been biased of me, but uh, I'm affiliated with a couple.
1: Yeah, I think, I, I think when you run a billet wheel company for any period of time and you take care of those guys, you end up being almost honorary members of a lot of those clubs, you know?
0: And and you, that's it right there. You know, you can pretty much go wherever you want and do whatever you want and have fun, and I've always been uh, taken care of well by the clubs that I've been with. And that's all clubs, no regrets, and uh, a lot of clubs. So um, yeah, everything is uh, – it's
1: been a good life for me. Yeah, it's been it's a pretty good community. Um you know, and I'm there's a lot of enthusiasm in it. Those guys live and breathe that stuff. You know, I mean, we got guys that they'll, they'll swap out their they'll they'll order a set of wheels for the same truck every year. One set a year just to, just exactly. to freshen it up and it's definitely appreciate that. And when they choose you every time, it's it's awesome. It's, it's it is. It is and
0: brand loyalty and watching people have brand loyalty is you can't
1: replace yeah because that's you know that's stuff that builds up over years and, and and having a good reputation and just taking care of people you know just putting in honest right. honest days work you know because that's something that uh, i do miss uh I, I i look for that in in a younger generation is just the work ethic you know i feel like whoa
0: man you hit the nail on the head here
1: right uh, i mean you my, know
0: my new business I've got 35 employees, most of them older, but the ones I bring in that are young, oh, man, you got to stay on them. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. And I, but you know what? I feel like I was that way to a certain extent, but I don't know. I mean, I look at, it's funny. Cause you know, we, you know, talk about Pete Peterson for a while, right? So for those, you don't know, Pete Peterson also known as purple Pete ran, uh, and we've talked about him on the podcast before he drove my dad's truck, uh, cross country, big red and big yellow. And, and did all that, and but he had a, he had a reputation uh, at the shop for being able to get out of work, right? Uh, or Never
0: did he ever? He was really good at that. But but he I, was, they called him Hager. Yeah. <laughs> and we check the closet. Where's Pete?
1: Yeah, but you know what though? Looking back, the guy actually put in a lot of time. You know, he was Absolutely. just he his work. I mean, you could call him up, and, and it and it happened. I mean, I, I remember. Uh, when my brother and Mike got in that accident, I remember someone banging on my glass door at uh two or three in the morning uh and it yep. was it was Pete my dad you know uh my dad couldn't get a hold of me, and Pete was still living in Stanton, I think at the time, and he sent Pete over there but you know, yeah Pete, you know, Pete I just think of like even the example back then of someone who maybe had a reputation with us at the shop getting out of work still had ten times more hard working ethic in him. Um, and just, uh, you know, I want to say soldier mentality, just give, give him his order, give him his orders. And he's, he's out there, you know? And it's like, I, I got a
2: good
0: story about
1: a uh, purple Pete. If you want to hear it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, the very
0: first semi your dad bought, we called it big red. If you recall. Yep. Um, it was a Kenworth with all the body kit on it and it had the nice big trailer and everything was, uh, uh, the skirt kit on it and it was kind of low to the ground and just a thing of beauty we were taking it up to Bakersfield to get one more thing installed inside the trailer which was a lift to carry some more wheels and uh we got up to uh the top of the baker grade up there and uh, going down the other side and the brakes went out oh oh coming down the other side in this custom semi with no brakes
1: wait didn't you You had a couple oh, more people. you had a couple more people with you though right
0: we did we did there was a total of three of us in there
1: are you there yeah are you playing Yahtzee over there what are you doing
0: no I don't know what that was I don't know um
1: there I was hear- a
0: couple other people with us and they uh he told one of us to get down in the uh this is all while you know he's driving down the other side of the yeah the hill and We're speeding up, speeding up, speeding up. And he says, get inside the uh, door well there. And he told the other one to to get underneath the table and put the mattresses on top of you from the the lounge. And and all of a sudden that thing, he barreled off into one of them truck uh, runaway pits. You know, you're thinking about, you're thinking the worst. Yeah. So we come to a stop finally, and that truck was buried up to the middle of the grill we were going so fast and they, it drove that thing all the way into the sand pile up to the middle of the grill. Wow. We couldn't open the door to get out. So we finally get the door open and all Pete had to say is, man, I think that's going to scratch that truck right there. (laughs) And you got on the phone with your dad and your dad was laughing so darn hard. He goes, no, it got hurt. And then you could hear your dad, (laughs) (laughs) you can just hear him laughing. And, uh, Oh, those are good times. Just good
1: times. Yeah, who was in That's, there? Was I remember. I remember, he- I remember hearing that story. That was crazy. Yeah,
0: that, was, that was actually, I think, it was Jimmy Skinner and uh, one other person was in there with us.
1: That's funny. Yeah, there was, there was, there was definitely. Uh, I know if we uh, definitely some fun times back then. Um, entertaining, like the what
0: I wouldn't change him for the world. He taught me everything I knew and uh, nobody ever taught me as much as he did, including experience.
1: Yeah. Well, and and, and a lot of the experience we learn from, we owe it to that guy, you know?
0: Without a doubt. You know, you mentioned earlier about the Boyd University and all the wheel companies that were out there that started because of Boyd, and it's pretty much all of the Billet guys, and I don't care what anybody says. They'll all say something different,
1: but the truth
0: (laughs) is it all started with Boyd.
1: Well, there's only there's...
0: except for American Racing and and some of them guys, you know, but they weren't a billet wheel company at
2: the time.
1: No, and and even even when they were doing like the 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 cast center, um, you know, two piece aluminum welded stuff, we were actually supplying them with a lot of centers too. I used to deliver. I used to. We would...
0: were, we're it, you know, people don't know that. And there was the uh, American Racing by Boyd Coddington. There was the. Uh, I mean, we did some for Edelbrot. We did, you know, for a lot of different people, and they'd always say, by boy, Coddington," yeah, or, we, or
1: by boy," yeah. When they were, you know, people might have perceived them copying the TriFan, but we were making that TriFan center for them in cast, and cast for I,
0: them, exactly. And, and I was exactly.
1: I, I was delivering those things to them over Rancho Dominguez. I think we we, we had hundreds of centers going over there every other day, you know.
0: Right. And I remember somebody telling me uh, we were at a car show somewhere and they said, Oh, you know, I see those guys are, those so and sos are knocking off Boyd and doing this. And, and you know, you have to take them aside and say, I can't tell you a little secret so you won't be so upset. We're making that wheel. So it's not as bad as you think. Yeah. And they go, Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay then. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, but I still won't buy him. But that was, a, you had a lot of that back then.
1: Yeah, well, those are some of the secrets that only people, you know, not everybody knew.
0: No, we might have given away a few secrets today. Yeah,
1: no, we have. Well, you know what, Bill? I think we're going to wrap it up, man. Um, This has been... Well, I
0: really enjoyed this.
1: This has been fun. Yeah, no, man. I mean, uh, it's just great... I, we're, I'm happy to have you on and get your perspective. You know, for someone who started at you know, Boyd University at, at, on the in the wheel division, you know, oh, and, and, just, and
0: and I got to graduate with honors. He taught me a <laughs> lesson. Right, put me through this twenty nine years.
1: Yeah, seven years with him,
0: and then twenty two on down the road. So he did me wild. well.
1: Well, and, and and I'm here doing my thing because of all that I learned because of him. So. But I'm I'm exactly. happy I'm glad you took the time to share some memories, man. It was a good conversation, and I'm glad that uh, we've still remained friends over the years. Um, yes, sir. And I I hope to uh, um, I'll plan on just being out there at SEMA on the Monday and come celebrate with you.
0: Love to see you there.
1: That'll be good. All right. I
0: appreciate the time you've given me.
1: No, thank you. Thanks for your time. Well, Bill. Thanks for thanks for this, and uh, Steve and I are going to wrap this deal up here. Yep, yeah, uh, from uh, the Hot Rods r- by r- Have r- Boyd- a good one. Yeah, thank you so much, Bill Hancock, for being on the show from the Hot Rods Boyd Podcast Headquarters. We'll talk to you next time.